What's going on, Starfire Nation? Happy uh, Monday. Yeah. Sorry about the episode last week, but as you guys could tell, we had Spring Break Part 1. Part I one. mean, Part two's coming soon. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that little five-day vacation from school. Um, this week's episode is going to be pretty short. Um, we have Mr. Bear. Um, very good interview. I'm just going to leave that uncut for all you guys to like check out because it's really good and uh a couple of other small things and then um but uh anyways a big thanks to uh myra moore i know that uh a lot of you guys don't know who she is she's one of the tech ladies um and she um has just been helping us with this podcast and everything that we've been doing in this room since the beginning. I mean, she's hooked, she is really hooked us up with everything that we have. And we just wanted to give a huge shout out to her. A big thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, we'll take you right on in. All right. Enjoy guys. All right. And in this week's episode, we have a very exciting guest, Mr. Bear. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Thank sure. you. You're welcome. Uh, You're taking welcome. time out of your retired life. Retired Ooh. is it. That's yeah. It. Yep. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've got a million other things to do. Yeah. I, uh, no, I don't keep track. So Don't keep know, track? Just one other thing, and that's live. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> All right. So for the students that don't know you, which is probably nobody in this school, just give us a little intro about yourself. Intro about myself, I taught uh, high school physics and earth and space science here at South Adams, integrated chemistry physics for, uh, I guess, uh, 22 years, 23 years, mm-hmm. uh, really almost 23 because I came back immediately after retirement to be a full-time substitute uh, for the eighth grade, my last four years, I also taught eighth grade science. Uh-huh. Um, so I uh, retired with uh, 42 years of teaching and youth ministry mm-hmm. background. Uh, the last, like I said, the last 22 and change here at South Adams. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, um, and then you also started Dots in Blue Water. Or you yes. were the, the starting teacher. Yeah, I, I guess was there the was... starting. Yes, this, that's correct. So uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, my, uh, I have a friend who's the um, head of uh, uh, a, a ministry group, a faith-based organization in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in 2008 and nine, they'd been hit by back-to-back-to-back hurricanes, which flooded the area. And of course, uh, in Haiti, uh, Papa Doc Duvalier, their former um, dictator, president, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you want to call him, uh, had stripped off all the mahogany uh, hardwoods around the Port-au-Prince area and had uh, sold that to basically fund his new uh, exquisite palace. And uh, the problem with that is when you remove hardwoods, then you also take away the thing that anchors your topsoil. Mm-hmm. So subsequent years, every rainy season, every <clears throat> hurricane just started washing away all the topsoil until there's basically no topsoil all in this bowl uh, at which... Uh, Port of Prince sits at the very base of that bowl. Mm-hmm. So uh, every time it rains, it just floods terribly. And, yeah. uh, so at any rate, uh, there was a, a time period when the, about the third hurricane hit, there was a nine foot wall of floodwaters that raced down the mountain, swept through an area of Chambron, a little village of about 1500 people. Mm-hmm. All the school kids got enough warning that everybody got on top of the roof of the school. 
Uh, but three days later, even though they're only about uh, 15 miles away from Port-au-Prince, nobody had come to rescue them. And a lot of these kids were HIV orphaned. You know, they mm-hmm. lived with neighbors. They lived, you know, under uh, bridges and so on. And, and they just decided that nobody cared about them. And so uh, one by one, these elementary kids just started to drop off into the floodwaters and were swept away. And mm-hmm. my friend went out with his Toyota pickup truck and picked up um, about 35, 36 bodies of those kids. Yeah. So he was uh, calling out for help, just a big a bulk email that went out to lots of his contacts mm-hmm. saying, we, we need help if you can. And so I told my class, this, this is why, this is why you don't uh, strip off your, this is why you take care of your environment. Yeah. This is why you don't, you know, you don't just uh, 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 clear cut all your, your, your uh, forest. Yeah. So um, one of the, one of the kids in my class said, Hey, can, can we send them water? Um, said, I don't know. I'll find out. So in, uh, in emailing, he said, yes, we desperately need water. We have moms that are carrying a five gallon bucket, uh, three hours, one way to a lake to get that five gallons of lake water, mm-hmm. bring it back. All kinds of kids going with her. She's maybe doing that twice a day. So everybody's sick from the impure water. Everybody's yeah. tired. But, uh, if you send bottled water, it'll just disappear at the airport, you know, through the black market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the question. It's what we've always referred to ever since as the question. Yeah. This young lady, a little sophomore in my class, raised up her hand and said, well, Mr. Bear, you make us do all these science experiments in class. Why, why can't we, like, figure out a way of helping these people get clean water? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just got this big lump in my throat because I knew she was on to something big. And mm-hmm. so that started it. So every Friday we just met in committees and started figuring out what's the problem with the water there. Why is it contaminated? <clears throat> How are, what are different ways you can wash the water? Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> took us about a year and a half to get that all worked out. The earthquake hit, we weren't able to go to Haiti, but starting in 2010, we started taking annual trips there and yeah, uh, making a world of difference. And we learned that this year's year, guys, is 10th anniversary. 10th yes. anniversary, yeah, and of, if the, it, of and the trips. If, yeah, yeah exactly. and if it was a child, it would be oh, in wow. the third grade now. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, that's it's crazy. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So my next question is, um, what influenced you to write your book? I know that you wrote a book, and I've read it personally. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. I haven't, I honestly, I hadn't read a book in probably two or three years before oh, no. I read that. Oh, no. And somebody's like, Mr. Bear wrote a book, and I'm like, oh, I got to check that out. So it's, I, it's pretty easy read. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. that's what I liked about it so much is that it's in these like short little two, three, right. four page stories, and yeah. it just made it super easy for me to go through and read it. So well, that, that's what that's what motivated me. I was doing mm-hmm. an interview, very much like this podcast interview for um, the Burn Witness, and yeah. uh, the lady who was writing the article just paused in the middle in the middle of it, asking me about my background and so on. And mm-hmm. um, in fact, I think she was interviewing about a dots and blue water project we had just done, and mm-hmm. and she just says you've got a story to tell. Yeah. I mean, just right in the middle. It's kind of caught me off guard. It's like, oh, no. I, she goes, no, she says, I know your reputation as a teacher is your kids love your stories in class. <laughs> and just from what you're telling me now, there's, there's a story inside there that needs to be told. Oh yeah. And I really respected this lady. And so I, I, um, I decided to just kind of ponder that. And so I started collecting like little lists of, okay, here's this particular story that just affected my life. In fact, that's what I decided to call it. I was going to call it redefining moments. Yep. You know, those times when, you know, in your life, um, you're, you're living a long life one way, and then all of a sudden some event happens. And from that event on, it changes you and you're never again the same person. Yeah. And so, um, 
I decided to kind of use that theme as a backbone for that. And I collected several and I self-published uh, a small book of about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 of those stories. Yeah. Uh, just for my individual family members. I wanted my kids, I wanted my wife to know why I'm the kind of person I am. I mean, why do I mm -hmm. think the way I do? Why do I talk the way I do? Why do I value what I do? Mm -hmm. Um, but as those books got passed around to friends and other family members, they're like, oh, there's got to be more. You know, how about this story? How about remember when that happened? And so I spent the next five years just kind of putting together what you now see in the in the current phase. And we ended up with uh, three printings of it. Uh, mm -hmm. It was I mean, it was just very overwhelmingly successful for me because I expected to make five copies, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's in some, you know, some libraries and so on. In fact, we're currently out of publication and, uh, the publisher that I used is no longer publishing. And so I'm, uh, right now looking for an additional publisher to maybe come up with a second edition. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that's definitely a thing that I feel like everybody like can see, like that should be a book. Like when I read oh, yeah. that, I was like, this should definitely be a book because, I don't know. It just seems like whenever you would like tell stories in class, I'm like, how's this man done so much? Like, how can somebody do in their lifetime like this much stuff? You no, know, the, the truth of the matter is, even when my wife and I were first dating, my in-laws would kind of pull her aside and say, is, is that really true? Did that really happen? And she's like, yeah, this is, this yeah. is it. I don't know if you know <clears throat> this particular part of that story is uh, all the time I was growing up when I was uh, a teen, when I was a college student, I had this recurring dream that I was I was going to die before I turned 40. Yeah. Um, and it was never a scary, it wasn't a nightmare. It was just, mm -hmm. you know, there are a matter of fact, there are some people who have relatively short lives. Mm -hmm. And so with that recurring dream, I just decided I was going to make sure that every day I tried to live my life uh, purposefully. You know, I wasn't just going to waste it and just, you know, lie around and do stuff. I was going to find something purposeful to invest, but people to invest in. And so that's where all those events kind of got crowded into such a young, yeah. you know, young age. And I've been very blessed to have all kinds of opportunities come to, to do things, you know, that people normally don't do, which is why the book has had such appeal. Mm -hmm. You know, people are like, well, I can't believe you really dated a circus freak. Well, yeah, yeah I really did. You know, I, I really done this and done that and yeah. so on. So One of my favorite ones out of that book actually was the, uh, when you were getting your doctorate and you had to write that like 50 page paper Yes, and then you went out and you like, you studied drug dealers, like, yeah, uh, like the drugs. And then they started chasing you. Yeah, I did. I, uh, I kind of got put on a hit list, uh, <laughs> as I was studying, uh, drug trafficking among teens through the Kokomo area. Yeah. Kokomo has always been a corridor between <clears throat> Chicago and, uh, and points southward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, since I was student teaching there, I kind of wanted to find out what my kids were, were going through. I, I, drug culture was not a part of my growing up, and mm -hmm. I just realized that was a foreign area that I just wanted to know more about, but I kind of got in pretty deep. Yeah. 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 So um, what's your favorite memory about teaching? Absolutely. My favorite memory about teaching is individual kids and teachers and administrators that I've gotten to work with. Just the connection between my life and theirs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, kids, uh, quite frankly, kids were always really good to me. You mm -hmm. know, I felt like I tried to respect every kid, even though I didn't always like them, even though they didn't always like me. Mm -hmm. And there's still a matter of respect. You know, we, we haven't grown up the same paths. We don't always have the same values. And so that point of intersection, I always thought was really important to make. And so I, I tried to do that. I tried to greet every student every day to make sure that I engaged them somehow. And they responded to that in such a good, positive way yeah. uh, that it was just a pleasure to come to school. I, I can honestly say that throughout my entire career, 
I can't recall more than one or two days total that I just didn't want to come to school. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, man, that made retiring a kind of a difficult decision because I still, I still love the teaching. Oh yeah. Uh, but I also knew that there was probably, it was probably time to, to step away from that and to, and, and to look toward what, you know, what the new adventure was going to be. Yeah. So um, now that you're in retirement, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Uh, I do. I, I've always done a lot of uh, creative writing, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was a, a story type things or a music is, is a big piece of, of what I do. You know, I, mm-hmm. faith has always been a big part of my life. And so I've done a lot of worship writing and mm-hmm. I've continued to have now more time to do that. I have a small studio in my home. And uh, so I just, you know, jot some things down and I've never... I've never had any aspirations to be a performer. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not me, but I've been able to give away a lot of my music to other performers who have, mm-hmm. you know, they've recorded yeah. them and they've done, they've had quite a bit of success with them. And, and I'm totally content with that. You know, it's just, what can I offer to somebody else that'll improve somebody else's quality of life? Yeah. And uh, so this is a, this is a very heated question okay, in the, in the South Adams sphere. All right. Who is your favorite teacher, your favorite coworker? All right. Are you ready for the good answer? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. My favorite teacher at South Adams Mm -hmm. was the teacher who every day invested their best ability into preparing to teach their lessons that day. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, it's not about an individual, like, you know, mm-hmm. a name. It's like, no, the person whose character said, I take this real seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. And so listen, uh, you and I all know there are lots of teachers who are that way. I mean, mm-hmm. you could put that on any given day. There's a teacher, you know, they poured themselves into that mm-hmm. and, uh, and students respond to that. And we also know that we, we each self-included have those days. It's like, I'm, I'm dry today. This, mm-hmm. this just was not my best day, you know? And, and I don't really like to label teachers go, Oh yeah, because they had that one day every occasionally that they were not a good teacher. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think, uh, every teacher brings to the classroom, uh, opportunities for people to learn and to better their lives. Mm-hmm. I also think every student has that same responsibility to yeah. bring to the classroom every day an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sometimes it's pretty easy for the student to go, oh, I didn't learn anything. That teacher must not have done a good job. It's like, okay, did you meet them where they needed to be? You know? Yeah. Did you as a student bring your own toolbox, you know, to class and have it ready to go? Yeah. So uh, we'll end this off. What advice would you give to students at South Adams? Just general life advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't waste your youth waiting to become the person that you dream of being. Mm-hmm. Okay. Young people have made huge impacts in the lives of others. Case in point that, you know, unnamed sophomore young lady who raised her hand and said, Hey, we, why can't we come up with a way of helping these people get clean water? You yeah. know, yeah. um, she, I, I, I'll be honest with you. She doesn't even recall making that statement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at one point she, you know, she asked me to, to conceal her identity. She just is a humble individual and, and I respect that, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but she has no idea how much, how much of the world she opened by asking that question you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. as a sophomore in a general science class, you know, this wasn't somebody who's good looking to go on to med school and make big, no, it was just somebody who had a question mm-hmm. out of concern. And so I think when people use their hearts to, you know, look out, 
out for the welfare of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's a huge impact. So, so don't wait until you do your, your college or your career training, or you become a parent or it's like, no, boy, there's no time like the present. Yeah. Mm, yes. Well, thank you for coming in. Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm here with Hannah with Acts of Kindness. What do you got for us this week, Hannah? Well, actually, we're going to be talking about the elementary today. Yeah. Every Wednesday, they have Kindest Cool Day. And they all have matching t-shirts. Seen those. And they are given a challenge every Wednesday to either say hi to a friend or talk to someone you don't normally talk to. Mm -hmm. And this week, I want to challenge middle schoolers and high schoolers and teachers even to do something that you wouldn't normally do. Say hi to someone new in the hallway. Yeah. Smile, wave. <laughs> Make Look South friendly. Adams a happier place. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Hannah. I'm here with Dr. Lehman. What joke do you got for us this week? Jack, just want to ask you a question. What did the fly say to the other fly? No idea. Your man's open. <sighs> That's a heater. Thank you, Dr. Lehman. Think about that one. Okay, thank you for listening in to this week's episode of the StarCast. Sorry for it being so short. We just have a lot going on inside the school. You know, it's just been crazy over these past couple of weeks. And uh, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed. And on that note, Jaqualis and Hofstetter out. See ya.